it's where we have to start. All of this begins to till the ground of your folks' hearts, exposing their fears and preferences and complacency or any fear of man issues. It creates a lot of opportunity to address the thing behind the thing in everyone's heart when it comes to really living on mission. So this is so key. You know, it's almost hard to believe that the church is even having this discussion about whether or not we'll have the mission, which is discipleship, at the center of our focus and efforts and fund it and all of that. You can absolutely do this with confidence that missional living, making disciples as a lifestyle, is God's will for his people. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Yeah, man. Well, it sure has been hot here in the old weather department. After having a very chilly and wet spring... Kind of didn't even feel like we had one. Uh, all of a sudden, a few weeks ago, boom, it got hot and dry here. And uh, my lawn is proof of that. It's looking pretty brown and crunchy in spots, even though I feel like we've been watering the heck out of it more than ever. But uh, the grandkids love running around in the yard and playing in the sprinklers, so it all works out. Uh, no complaints. You don't complain when you live here in the Pacific Northwest because it'll soon be cooling off and uh, we'll kiss summer goodbye. But not yet. We're still enjoying it. How about you? You having a good summer? I'm not sure when you're hearing this podcast because they just feed out in the interwebs all the time. However, that's where we're at. And if you're hearing it right away, I hope you've had a good summer so far. Hey, have you joined us over in the Facebook group yet? We have a pretty good group going on over there. Thousands and thousands of people have joined us for the Everyday Disciple podcast group over there. You can search that up pretty easy or you can go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash Facebook and join us in there. Bring ideas for episodes, questions on the show, comments, whatever. I was answering a few of those in there today. And we're in the process of starting to try and really ramp things up there in the group. Want to see a lot more discussion. We're planning on posting a lot more cool resources for you, different things like that. You want in? Yeah, join us in the group. It's all good. It's all free. Just head on over and search it up or go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash Facebook. We'd love to have you. And by the way, too, because we are here in the middle or end of summer and kind of heading off into the fall and looking at new ministry opportunities, I'll bet a lot of you are thinking about, okay, our small groups are starting up. What's going on? We want to grow in the gospel. We want to get people more focused outward and all that. Have you checked out the Primer series in uh, Missio Publishing? Have you ever checked that out? There's the Tangible Kingdom Primer and the Gospel Primer and the Justice Primer. So you've got this huge, really cool three-step. They're eight-week studies. You do a little bit each day together, and you can grow in the gospel, and you can grow in justice and mercy with that primer, the justice primer and all that. They're just they're very good resources. We've used them all many, 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 many times. Obviously, full disclosure, I wrote the gospel primer. Still love it. <laughs> still love using it. Still do use it and lots of people do, but I just thought, uh, I'm going to remind you of those resources because you're probably looking forward here and thinking, okay, a lot of stuff's kicking off. So head on over to missiopublishing.com, see the resources they have. There's all kinds of stuff more than that, but I just think this time of year, those primers, they're perfect. So maybe you'll check that out, missiopublishing.com. 
They help support the show, so we like to give them a little nod once in a while, and I think it'll help you too. Now, not too long ago, we received a great question from a longtime listener of the podcast who asked about the first steps that we'd suggest for a church that's wanting to move toward more incarnational and missional forms of ministry and church life. And I know this is the case for a lot more leaders these days. Everything's changed, and the need to really get outside the church's four walls and make disciples in community is on a lot more people's minds, especially this time of year. Well, Heath and I discussed this, and I think you'll find it really helpful. Check it out. Hey, today's topic and discussion was kicked off by one of our longtime listeners, Rob Ford. Uh, Thanks, Rob. Rob not only has a name that I covet, because neither of us lucked out. Anytime I say my name to somebody, it's like, how do you spell that? And it's Rob Ford. I love Sister Kalinowski. Are you kidding? It's cool. It's just hard. to. I still spell <laughs> it wrong. I know. Rob Ford is just a great name. Yeah. But Rob's a pastor. He's a father. He's an all-around smart guy. And he actually posted this question in the podcast group on Facebook. And what he wrote was, he said, what are the first steps a church that's excited about becoming increasingly missional should take? It seems like a lot of the conversations kind of assume uh, there are all these objections and arguments against living this sort of way that a person has to overcome. But what about those contexts where people are already convinced and just needing direction? What would be those first few steps to heart, steps to start heading in the right direction? Wow, great question. And I love it. It's on the positive end of it because we've had to deal with a lot of times like missional when your church isn't into it or when yeah, your elder board your is elder board says you. nay or whatever. So um, I love it. It's a great question. Thanks, Rob. Um, I think there is... There is a big difference between trying to lead people who are complacent and not excited about the gospel or discipleship. They're just like, you know, I'm just, I'm doing my 1.7 Sundays a month, national average now for for super committed Christians at church, you know. Um, And there's a difference between that and and leading those that are embracing this idea that our faith and the gospel Mm -hmm. can be woven into all life. And so can discipleship and, and all it, right? So, but let me let me explain how this works. I'm gonna get people, I wish I had a whiteboard <laughs> we yeah. have right now, but let me explain um, how people move through like new ideas and learning and in all this. So we call these the five E's, okay? And that's because they all start with E, but here's how it goes. I'll give them to you and then I'll explain them. I'm gonna do it real fast, okay? okay. The five E's are expose. People need to be exposed to new ideas. Okay. Embrace. They need to embrace stuff, you know, like maybe they got exposed, but they embrace it. Engage. That's the third one. Okay. Equip. And then the fifth E is extend. Okay. Okay. So here's how it works. When it comes to like missional living and discipleship as a lifestyle, but you know, not like a set of courses or whatever. So like what Rob's saying, Hey, like I got folks like that. Sure. Um, they, they've been exposed to it. They were exposed to some of these concepts and ideas yep. and they've made it to the second E of they've embraced it. They go like, we want to do it. Hmm. And now it seems they're at the place of like, okay, how do we engage it? Yeah. Because see, some people will be exposed to an idea and they'll go, hmm, yeah, sounds biblical, sounds right, but they don't really embrace it. Sure. They just kind of go, yeah, but I'll just do what we've always done. Let's study it a bit more. It ain't working. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Some people will go like, I was exposed to the missional ideas and discipleship as a lifestyle, but, um, and, and they embrace it, hmm. but they never go about engaging it. Sure. They still like, oh, we got to do this. I really love it. You're right. This is what I've always wanted. This is a church we've dreamed about, but they don't engage it. But once people do engage, they generally find pretty quickly they need equipping. Hmm. They need coaching. They need tools. They need new ways of doing old things because they're not doing the old thing anymore. And then eventually those people that have been exposed, embraced it, they've engaged that lifestyle, and now they're being equipped in it. 
they will start to extend this or expand it out towards others. Hmm. Okay. So today let's assume Rob's folks and, and anybody listening, your folks have already been exposed to missional thinking and this idea of all of life discipleship and they've embraced the ideas. And now we want to begin to baby step them towards engaging this lifestyle. Okay. Okay. So Caesar, what do you think would be your first step right out of the box? If you were leading a church or even working at a church and leading folks who have bought into this, this missional lifestyle, but need some direction and easy first steps towards missional living as, as an actual church. Okay, good. And I've, I've said this before, like if I was to, you know, show up and I just got hired as the new pastor and people are like, we're hiring you to take us missional, like people, cause I've had been asked this, well, what's the first thing you do? Yeah. Here's what I'd start doing. I would start by having everyone in the church invite one not yet believer or a non-Christian couple over for dinner church-wide, everybody, like hmm. this week, okay? And in, if you really got a lot of gumption, I'd say, hey, we're, let's going to try this for four weeks, you know, maybe make it part of a preaching series or something sure. like that, right? Okay? And the goal should be just to have one dinner, just have dinner. Tell your folks, don't try and make this a big evangelistic, high-pressure meal, you know, or get together close the deal, get them all to church. <laughs> Baptize no. them. Like yeah. I, I would challenge everybody, and then I would do it myself. You have to do that. Make sure all the elders are doing it and all the staff are doing it. We're all going to have one person or couple, not yet believer, over for dinner this week, hmm. okay? And we're going to see what God does. There's no pressure because, yeah. like, y'all eat anyway. So you're not asking anybody to do it, like, oh, no one's got time for that. What? Yep. You're like, No one's hardly skipping dinner. <laughs> yeah. So that's off the table. So that this is a rhythm, right, that people can do. Um and then here's part two of that. Then having lots of stories from folks mm. on stage the next Sunday and every Sunday for those, you know, that week or four weeks sure. to celebrate what happened. Okay. And I would say this too. If folks are too afraid, you're like, oh, I don't know. You know, we've never had anybody over. I don't have any not believing friends. Right. Like they won't do it. They can team up with another couple. But then I would say have two dinners that week. So like, you know, you, you and I are going to do it together sure. for whatever reason, you know, like my, my house isn't, you know, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, then I would say, okay, great. Let's do it together. But you pick somebody in your life. I'll pick somebody in my life. So it'll be, you know, yeah, but we're eating out. seven nights a week anyway. So it's not like, oh, it's this big add on. Right. Yeah. And this would be a challenge. I know, but baby step like, and so, you know, even if you just did it once sure. and you had every, but make sure you have people then come up and tell the stories, right? I, the following week, you know, I would pre-interview two or three folks and, and that's key because I, I used to be head of production for a giant church and yeah. it's like, I'm going to have them come up and talk and they're like, you know, 40 minutes later, you're like, don't do it. I said two minutes. Like, what happened? <laughs> you know? So pre-interview them, you know, two or three folks or couples and have them share their stories. Like what did, what did, who did they have over? How did it go? Mm -hmm. Like, well, I had a neighbor over, or I had this one couple that they used to, you know, our kids used to, you know, hang out but then we don't see them anymore. Where, like whoever it is, like a little of that. And then what's, how'd it go? And what surprised them about their time together? Mm -hmm. Did God show up in any surprising and cool ways? And, I, and there again, maybe I do this once, but I, I think I would kind of weave it into like a four or six week series and do it all those weeks. Sure. And just make Set it something that vision, different, yeah. you know? And, and don't forget to have people up front share those stories, good, bad, or otherwise, because that makes it real. That, that would be the very first step I would do. And the thing I, you just, you, you said it in passing, but I think it's so important is when you say like, this is everybody, this isn't, Hey, the pastor and the elders get to bypass this and just leave it to the con. No, everybody's doing this. Yeah. Pastors, elders, Absolutely. staff, every single person. Right. Yep. And it makes a lot of sense. And it seems to engage the whole church. Uh, without it being this huge, impossible thing to do, right? When you do yeah, it this way. You're not way. killing anybody's, you know, sacred cows or anything or like whatever. It's just like you're eating anyway. Yeah. Here's the challenge. Let's all do it really seriously. Let's do it and see what happens. What, like, here's the thing. The evangelistic fruit, the missional ideas, the, the, all the stuff that people would experience, it would go through the roof in a week. Mm-hmm. 
because most people they don't they go their whole life and barely have anybody over, you know, with yeah. intention, right? So if, imagine a whole church doing it. Yep. And then maybe they did it four weeks in a row. Oh my gosh, you'd have more people wanting to get into your life and into Absolutely. your church and all, I mean all of it for the right reasons. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, and the other thing I love is is like the way you said, just have dinner, just be like you're not signing them up for a class, you're not doing baptisms at the end of the night. You're you ask them their story, where they're from, what's their greatest accomplishment, what they do to I had work. A guy, I had a guy write in this week, and he was telling me about you know just getting started with some missional stuff, and he and he's been hanging out at this I, I can't remember where it was, like some coffee shop or somewhere sure. in in the town in the town, and he has two people, and he gave me their names that uh, seem to be leaning into relationship, and he wanted to know what I thought they should do next. And I said, well, why not have them over for, you know, a meal, right? Exactly yeah. what I'm saying here. He wrote back, he goes, yeah, I'm thinking about that, but I thought about doing a handwritten note to them, inviting them to hear me preach on Sunday. What do you think of that? <clears throat> and I said, well, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I would do what Jesus did. Come hang out. <laughs> like start <laughs> there meal. before he starts correcting their theology. Yeah. Right? And see, and that kind of goes into this too, like this first step of like, hey, let's all just have meals with no pressure, no closing, no, you know, hardcore evangelism or apologetics going down or whatever. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's easy. It doesn't start off by telling your folks why they suck or what the, they're exactly. doing wrong or any of that. And remember, they're leaning in. So that's what I'd try. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I love that, man. Um, yeah. And like you said, it's not this huge, impossible thing to do. Everyone no. can, you know, it's handles for every single There's person. There's nobody listening today that couldn't do that, even if they didn't plan it out like this Sunday. Yeah. They couldn't just go, hey, you know what? By the way, before we before we close today, I want to try something. And I'm going yeah. to do this. My wife and I are doing it. The elders I have talked about it. And I want to challenge you all to do this. Have one not yet believer and or couple over for dinner this week. Yeah. No agenda. Just do it. And, and we're all going to talk about it. And I'm going to hit up some of you on the phone this week, call you, get you up on stage. We're going to hear how it went. Yeah. And just see what God does with simple, something we're already doing, i.e. eating. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the, and the other thing, it, it seems to have an effect on like people's hearts as well, right? Absolutely. It starts to till the ground of your folks' hearts, exposing their fears and preferences and complacency or any fear of man issues, right? And it creates lots of opportunity to address the thing behind the thing yep. in your people's hearts. So when you talk to people, how'd that go? And they're like, well, you know, that's okay. They did it. Go there. Or like, well, we didn't really do it. Well, go there. What was what was the thing exactly. behind the thing that kept them from doing that, right? To really live in it. So this is super key. And this is going to give you a zillions of opportunities to begin to address the thing behind the thing. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Okay. So what are some other ideas uh, or maybe even next steps that you would suggest here? Okay. So here's three more ideas you can implement right away. And you don't want to, you know, I don't want to give you a hundred and don't try to do too much. But if you take me up on that first one, like, okay, we're all, the whole church, we're going to try to have, you know, one meal with a not yet believer yep. this week. And maybe you do it for several. Okay. Next, I would have your folks start to pray. What's next, Lord? And the, for those people who have, you know, that they've had over for dinner, right? So like, yeah, we had, you know, we had the Smiths over, you know, uh, and the Nelsons were over for dinner. We don't know them that well. It went pretty good. It was really fun. They were just like, this is so nice of you to do that. Start praying. What's next, Lord? Like literally, like yeah. I'm going to sit down as a couple, you know, Tina and I are going to do this. You and Kathy are going to do this. You're going to sit down and go like, hey, we had so-and-so over. We don't know them that well. We could guess. Yeah. What's next, Lord? And just like whatever he says, do that, right? Yep. And and I'll put a link in the show notes on more about how to do what's next, Lord, because that's sure. a big part of our coaching. It's really how to like ask the spirit of God, like how to disciple people, you yeah. know, instead of guessing and being all freaked out and like, what if they don't want to and all that? You ask the spirit of God what's next. It's always perfect. Yeah. Right. So I'm not going to get into it much deeper than that, but because we, we've talked about it. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. Okay. 
I think the other thing with that too is that sometimes we feel like we have to have the game plan for people's salvation. And yeah. so we don't ever get started because it's such a huge commitment. We don't know where it's going to end. So when you simply do like, what's next, Lord? Like maybe it's take them a bottle of wine and, and it might be invite them over rate. for a TV show. You know, yeah. Like let, offer to let their kids come and sit on the couch and do their homework since they're always latchkey. Or, yeah, exactly. Or it might be call them up and see how that job interview went. Or uh, who knows, right? Yeah, I love Whatever that. Whatever came simple. up at dinner. So dinner, simple. You're already doing it. Have somebody over. And next, just start praying. Okay, Lord, what's what do you want us to do next with that couple? Yeah. So it's not just like, remember when the church did the dinner thing? That was cool. That was a cool series. No, yeah. Pe- and, and people are like, well, I don't know what to do. Yeah, you don't have to. God knows. Yeah, exactly. Right? This is what we always say about what next, Lord. You don't need the master plan for those people. Sure. You know the master. He has the plan. It'll be perfect. Works out, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, you said you had three things. What's the okay, second one? second one, I would say, um, I would ask all the elders and staff to start having an open table sort of meal once a month or for the bold, like you're saying, like these are people who are really into it and ready once a week. So what an open table is, is it's just like a very simple, simple meal that you hang on the calendar. Like say it's every Thursday, like Tina and I just set ours for Tuesday, you know, Hmm. and uh, for this year. And it's like, Hey, you know what? That's going to be all the time. And so I'm going to invite that same couple over. I'm going to start inviting neighbors over. Anybody I run into, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I say, you know what? We get, we just get together and we do spaghetti and then we, you know, we watch the, you know, this show or whatever, or we do soup and salad and we hang out. We're just getting to know our neighbors better. It's an open table. Hmm. Okay. And, and I would say, let the leaders start to model that. Yep. Maybe it's once a month. I'm telling you, the more frequent it is, the more fruit you're going to get from it. Like sure. anything. Um, maybe it's weekly, but they could start to have folks over again. And this is, uh, and, and these things too, by the way, they're not trying to close the deal or like, so you can get all your neighbors into the church building right away. Yeah, right. They're what we call high invitation. Like anybody come, we're just doing it anyway. And some weeks you might have nobody. Some weeks you might have one person or whatever. And they're, they're high invitation and they're low challenge. Yeah. Meaning we're not, we're not like, oh, but as long as you're here, let's go ahead and bust out Romans. And do you know the, you <laughs> the know, Romans road? Oh yeah. boy, you know, don't go um, there. Just have a meal and start to build relationships, mm-hmm. right? Just start to build relationships. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's going to catch on. It it always does. You notice how simple these steps are. Yeah, right? these are like super. Like, there's no no reason in other our own hearts that we couldn't do these. And remember, absolutely. Like, like like our listeners' question, Rob said, like, I, what about folks who are leaning in and they want to do this? Yeah. Well, these then are do easy. it. These yeah. are super easy. Here's a third one. Okay. Start to have it a requirement that your staff all spend at least four hours each week outside the office. Hmm. Out in the community, at a cafe, or some other social setting that's frequented by, uh, here it goes, people. (laughs) Especially those people you feel that God's called you to disciple and reach with the gospel, either individually or as a church, okay? So imagine that. Now, some people say, well, we only have two people on staff, okay? Or it's just me and I'm an assistant or whatever. But some people listening, like, well, we got a ton of people. And we're all crazy busy, and it's meeting, meeting, meeting. Listen, if you're serious about this, and people are saying, yeah, we're in, mandate it. Four hours. I know. I know some churches to do it. It's a day a week, a day a week, and that's not stay home and party and play. It's like no day a week. You still have work to do, but do it out in public. Yeah, coffee shops. Do it at a coffee shop. Take a friend out. Take a neighbor to lunch. That's okay. That counts because remember the work of the church is discipleship. It's the mission. It's the gospel in action. And so why not? Why not? If you're a church that's really trying to move towards this, like a baby step, first step, why not say, you know what? It's good, you know. We're asking everybody to live this way. Yeah, we're going to make space in people's time, and we're actually going to say to our staff, like, "So, what'd you do this week?" Yeah, uh, I've just been so crazy busy. Great, go be crazy busy at the Starbucks. Yeah, and you come get back to and share it. And just yeah. see what God's doing. It's okay, and then talk about that at staff meetings. Remember, the kingdom, the kingdom of God expands at the speed of relationships, and yeah. the gospel moves along the lines of trust. 
So can you say that one more time? That's yeah. really good. The kingdom of God expands at the speed of relationships. That's how the kingdom expands. And the gospel then moves along the lines of trust that we build in those relationships. So you got to be out there and you got to be having meals and you, you got to get started and God's at work. And so he'll, he'll be doing things that you were like, yeah, but what about, and how do we get to, and then when do you finally like, just don't even stress yet. Start there. Trust me, you're going to be blown away. Okay? Yeah. So. yeah, and these are all things, ideas, anyone can get started with right away. So hopefully, Rob, this was a an answer to, to your question. Thank you for putting that on the Facebook group. And uh, I hope folks will take these so super simple steps. And I'm not joking. Like, if I got hired tomorrow and someone said, like, you, full caveat, everybody wants this. That's, yeah. you know, that's why we've hired you. This is exactly what I do. Yeah. Exactly. And it's what we already do. You yep, know what I mean? I don't absolutely. have a staff to like send out to cafes and all. But now, now why, there again, why is that important? Because that's modeling something. Yeah. And that's going to start to trickle into all their other yep. work. And they're going to be talking it up with people. And that's going to fill your preaching and sermons and all. You well, know. it creates a culture, right? Like you're creating it's a new creating standard. a new culture. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So let's get to the big three, which is the big three takeaways of nothing else we want you to walk away with from this week. And you can get a printable PDF of this week's big three as a free download, as always, by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. Caesar, big three for this week. Okay. Here they are. Condensed down. Number one, moving your church toward missional living is absolutely possible. And it's what Jesus had in mind for his family all along. Hmm. Okay. So know that. All right. It's it's almost hard to believe that the church is even having this discussion about whether or not we're going to live on mission, you know, make disciples as the central focus of our efforts. Yeah. Okay. You can absolutely do this. Hear this. Everybody out there who's leading, you can absolutely do this with confidence that missional living is God's will for his people. Okay. Yep. It really, really is. I agree. Okay. Number two. Okay. Two, exposing the unbelief that people hang on to that keeps them from truly engaging missional living is key. Even when they say, yeah, you know, I, I want this. Okay. So it's super key. Even after your community embraces the gospel and the idea that discipleship was meant to be lived as a, nice, as a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So God's eternal plan was always to fill the world with his glory by disciples of Jesus, making more disciples of Jesus in every household, neighborhood, city, and nation. And the Holy Spirit will guide you and empower you in this. Etern- this is like an et- eternal endeavor. Yeah, it is. Okay. So you, you get to do that and you can start by exposing, you know, get people engaged a little bit. So it exposes their own belief in that. Yeah. All right. Number three. All right. Third, uh, put the date on your calendar right now that you'll challenge your church to start having one meal each week with a not yet believing friend or couple. Okay. okay. Lead by example, fill your teaching and preaching with new life and stories, you know, from your own experiences as you head into these new missional rhythms and be, be honest about where you're at. And invite lots of folks in community to share their experiences too. That's going to give people great hope and, hey, I could do this too. Sure. And if, if you're not sure that your church or community is ready to dive into this missional living, so you're listening to this going, very interesting, but I'm the other guy, you know? Yep. Um, start by assessing where your folks are at in those five E's that we sp- spoke about earlier. Expose, embrace, engage, equip, extend. Okay, and I hope these simple steps are helpful to you. You can do this. I know you can. If you'd like help setting up new missional discipleship processes and a framework for discipleship that happens in all of life, not just classes and all that, we'd love to talk to you and see if the coaching that we offer is a good fit. I know I bring this up often. That's because we're seeing such amazing results with the people that we're coaching. I'd love that to be you. You can go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching to get all the information on it. And hopefully we'll talk and get you into one of our new cohorts that are starting up real soon. I would love it. Well, 
That's it for today. Join me next week as we talk about how the blessings that God's poured into your life and the life of your family are a perfect inroad into making disciples and living as a family on mission. It'll be actually a natural next step after the things we talked about today. I hope you'll join us for that. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day. 